Welcome to the New Mana Podcast, an Arch KCK production. Welcome back to New Mana, your newest favorite Catholic podcast on the Holy Eucharist. My name is Lee McMahon, your host, and I serve as consultant for evangelization at the Archdiocese of Kansas City in Kansas. But don't be fooled if you've got a pulse. This podcast is for you. If you are hungry for more, if you are fed up with the empty promises of the world, Jesus has more for you. We have been called to communion in Christ. We have been given the mission of bringing people to Jesus and bringing revival to the church. So our title, New Manna, comes from John 6, 58. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Come on, Jesus is the new manna. He is the bread of life, and he gives himself totally to us in the Holy Eucharist. So thanks for tuning in today. Really excited for the episode that we're going to just blast your your souls and your ears with today. Got some some holy deacons on deck. But first, I just want to say thank you to everybody who, who has left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're actually helping us get the word out that Jesus is alive, that he is about a good work, and that he is truly present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the most holy Eucharist. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. And if you haven't yet, guess what? There is still time. There's still time. Just don't drive and review at the same time, because safety third. But our guest today, Deacon John Williams and Deacon Stuart Holland. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Okay, for everybody out there who doesn't have the pleasure of knowing you, the privilege of knowing you, we'll start with the elder. Who is Deacon Stuart Holland? Who is Deacon Stuart Holland? Deacon is a a married man of 46 plus years to his lovely wife, Marcia, with uh, four children and five grandchildren. Um, who uh, loves the Lord but didn't always. Mm. He too. Um, grew up in a Catholic household, mm-hmm. um, went to Rockers High School, uh, even had a um, semester of college at Regis in Denver okay. here to here. So so I had a lot of Catholic exposure. Grew up in, in the St. Joe Parish in, in uh, Shawnee, um, but uh, didn't live my life that way. Didn't know Jesus in a very personal way. Um, and it didn't really happen until uh, much later. Well, much later in my life. I was 24 years old oh. here, too, when it happened. Uh, well, I want to hear all about that. Yeah. But you are a deacon. I'm at a deacon at Holy Trinity. Yeah, thank Holy you. Holy Trinity. Yeah. What do you do there? Uh, there uh, currently, um, I've come full circle. I was hired in 1991. Uh, there uh, for a brand new uh, position of evangelization. Hey, nice. Yeah, too. So didn't didn't exist as far as I knew in any in any other parish, at least in our in our archdiocese. Right. Um, and uh, was privileged to be hired by Father uh, Ray Berger, who was the pastor there at that time, mm. uh, to open up kind of start that ministry. Right. Uh, that office here. Explain that role, like director of evangelization. Oh. It's like, oh, okay, it's kind of vague, kind mm-hmm. of like my role, consultant. Sure. Even consultant. More vague. Yeah, I went in here too. So, yeah. so mine was just to help others be led to Jesus Christ. Mm. That was simply the the, the bottom line yeah. here. Um, but it, it was had, had just a little bit more uh, to that to drive, not only lead them to Jesus, help them have an encounter with Jesus, right. to experience His love, but to help them grow in that relationship with Him. Mm. Um, hadn't heard, you know, so so the word of being a disciple, a follower of here, following, just the following student, after yeah. Him too. So. Um, but, um, it, later on, uh, we ended up moving out to my wife and I, uh, worked for about nine months out for the family life office oh, cool. in the archdiocese uh, here at that time. They didn't have consultants. They had, um, a priest were always led those mm-hmm. ministries and, and father Frank Berger had just retired from, uh, air force chaplain and, oh, cool. and which was father Ray's brother. And so nice. we got introduced to him and he hired us both there for a little while. Nice. Um, brother priest, brother priest. Cool. And, uh, then we got moved back uh, to Holy Trinity. 
Trinity uh, after nine months uh, as our director of religious education had retired. And so they brought us back to do, to run our so, so that's what you're doing now then? No, that's what I did for many, many years. Oh, for a long okay. time here too. So I had that going on for a long time. Gotcha. Um, expanded to not just for the kids. I handled all the adult formation and so gotcha. we, um, as well. But now uh, we've kind of gone full circle. Nice. So you're now back to I'm back started. to serving, serving in, uh, uh, serving in the parish and evangelization, and, and now this whole new term of missionary discipleship. Right, right. You know, you do so, helping others become disciples to help others become disciples. Right. You do, so yeah, because the call of Christ on our life mm-hmm. in mission is not. There's no end point. Yep. There's so always more. Always more. Yeah, always more. Mm-hmm. Deacon John Williams. Who is Deacon John Williams? Sure, I'd say a disciple of Jesus Christ. Married to a wonderful woman, Tessa. We have five beautiful children uh, on earth, two in heaven. I work at Bishop Ward High School as a theology teacher and campus minister. And where is Bishop Ward? That's in Kansas City, Kansas, right off 18th in Minnesota. Okay. Beautiful old place, right by the cathedral. Oh, nice. We're just a few blocks away. So we're one of the, I think we're the only high school that actually walks to a church. Nice. Uh, for all school mass. So it's beautiful having all of our student body and teachers. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Is it like a block or how far is it? I've never actually been to Bishop Ward, so. Probably th- three, maybe four blocks oh, away. Oh, cool. Not far. Nice. So it's beautiful getting everyone out walking over yeah, there, weather honestly. permitting. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. So basically in, in summary, I'm a disciple. Be a disciple, make disciples. That's, yeah. That's what I'm all about. That I just like to summarize things, make them simple. Yeah. Be a disciple, make disciples. Comes from the convocation a couple few years ago. Sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ancient memory, isn't it? It's been yeah. a while. Well, in 2019, for all the listeners out there who don't know, the Archbishop, uh, Archbishop Nauman, um, he, he gathered lots of leaders from throughout the Archdiocese to get together and um, kind of just, what are we doing here? What are we trying to accomplish together as an Archdiocese? What are we, who, who are we and what's going on? Yeah, so that's kind of what Deacon John's referring to. That's right. That's right. So Deacon at Holy Spirit, and I get to uh, minister at Bishop Ward as well. So cool. really blessed to be there. That's my hometown, Kansas City, Kansas. So okay. I wasn't always Catholic, so being a convert to the faith. Hey, right uh, on. Came in as 28 years old, so it, it took a while to kind yeah. of get there, but it, it was a process. So it's really an honor to get to go back to my hometown yeah. where I didn't know Jesus and I didn't know the church at all. Right. And Get to talk about Jesus every day. Cool. No, that's that's totally that's that's amazing because that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm not saying it's cool because that's what I'm doing. I'm saying it's cool because we're both doing <laughs> we're kind of doing what we're doing the same thing. Kind of you know, grow up didn't necessarily know the Lord, and it wasn't until my senior year of high school that I actually joined the church um, in Lawrence, Kansas, of all places, right? The one of the most secular places in Kansas for sure. And at a point in time when a lot. Of, you know, the majority of people were losing their faith. It was me that I actually found the Lord, and the Lord found me. And um, yeah, so did ministry in Kansas City for seven, eight years, and now we're back in Lawrence. So trying to bring the kingdom back where I, uh, yeah, sprouted out from. So kind of in that same boat. Sure, so, except I graduated from the real Lawrence High. Oh, Ooh. that's right. You're a chesty <laughs> lion. I forgot. I forgot. Had to, had to get a shot and keep it light. That's here. fine. Yeah, I get it. I understand. Yeah. So, Deacon Stewart, take me back to the beginning. Like, what's your story of falling in love with Christ? I could begin by um, saying that I used to be um, described what uh, the pastor that I told you that hired me, Father Ray, used to describe um, on retreats that we were with him, um, St. Augustine. His life was uh, uh, about wine, women, and song mm-hmm. here. 
Um, and that was, I would say that was my life, um, except for the necessarily the women part here too, because mm. I was married. Hey, <laughs> yeah, right there was just one woman, that's it, yeah, yep. too. So, uh, but our life was about um, having fun, um, uh, having pleasure, um, having um, a good time, you too. And so, when, it, when how old were you when you I got was, married? When I got married, I was 20 years old. Hey, me too. 20 years Let's old. Let's go. It is awesome. Yeah. And uh, so, um, we had no life. I hadn't been going to church. We didn't know that here too. Well, my wife and my, and my well, actually it began with my mother-in-law here mm. too, was working at a uh, Gardner High School. And she was working with um, a bunch of ladies who were uh, from a Pentecostal background. Mm. And so she would come back. We were always visiting about a variety of things here too about, and she would tell us these things from Pentecost here. And I'd have, to, I'd have an argument with her on everything that she yep. did. And none of which I really knew anything about. I just liked to argue. Uh, but they, she went and, and my wife went to what was called a life in the spirit seminar. So and that, that which for your, for your listeners here to mm-hmm. hear that life in the spirit is just, is a, is a, it's called, well, it's called a seminar. So it's a week, it was a weekend or actually had more than that to, to the process here too, of, of introducing people to whom the Holy Spirit was and how the Holy Spirit is active in your life and how to become more activated in the Holy Spirit. So you were, transforming invited, effect. You were invited to a life in the spirit. Seminar? I was invited to that by them okay. after, after they had gone Okay, and I refused to go. Um, but I watched them after their experience here, their lives change, mm-hmm. their lives change in a, in a really dramatic way here. And so I got invited to go, uh, to uh, the one that was happening in November that fall. They had had done something in the summer and, um, I went to that and I ran into individuals that I had no experience, you know, Catholics mm-hmm. that I had no idea existed here mm-hmm. too. Um, so because were you raised Catholic? I was raised Catholic. Oh, I was raised Catholic okay. all my life. Um, but these were people when I walked, as soon as I walked into the door, right. were exuberated, you mm-hmm. know, the joy of the Lord in their face. I yeah. didn't actually know it was the joy of the Lord. I just knew it was joy. Yeah. It was something in a church setting that they'd never experienced before. In fact, I'd gone to, after the very first night, went home to, um, I went to a wedding reception, mm-hmm. which I loved wedding receptions here too. And it, because it had, Why not? Because it had food, free, free food, free booze. Come you know, on. Too, what else having is a there? party here too. I went there after that evening and joined up. I didn't have a drink. I didn't eat anything. I spent the entire evening sharing my experience with everybody else nice. there here. Um, and it's too long of a story to get into how exactly some of the other things were part sure. of this. We can share about that later on sure. too. But uh, it was that was the starting point. It just changed. I was introduced to a, a joyful Jesus, one in which the the, the Holy Spirit was yeah. truly alive, moving in people's lives, and that moved me from that from where I was. Yeah. To where that's the starting point of where I am okay. today. Okay, so you got invited mm-hmm. first time. You said, mm-hmm. "No, thank you." Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But then after the fact, after you saw them different, mm-hmm. changed, mm-hmm. living a different life, a more joyful life, you could say. Mm-hmm. Did you take the initiative to go when you when you actually went to this Life in the Spirit seminar? It, it, well, there's a story b- between here that oh, okay. said no, but um, that was, uh, I didn't. Matter of fact, I, they, the first thing they invited me to was a prayer meeting that they had okay. following that here. And they invited me to that, and I went with my father-in-law. We came together, and I had a, uh, I spent the entire evening disrupting the entire meeting. Okay. Uh, We've all been there, yeah, that rebellious yeah, stage. Yeah, very, yeah too. So, uh, and uh, but six months later, here uh, again, following watching them right. here, I made the decision yes to okay. to go. So you went and open. Went and open this time. Went and open, uh, although not knowing what to expect. Yeah, obviously. you had no idea, but you were yeah. open. Yeah. You weren't just trying to tear it down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. So what is it? 
so you talk about, okay, you encountered the Holy Spirit in a way that you had never before. You experienced God in a way that you had never experienced him before and in such a way that you could not go on living your life in the same way that you did when you came to that retreat. That's that's what we refer to as baptism in the Holy Spirit. Correct. It's just it's just a term to explain encountering God in such a way, a profound profound and powerful way that you you can't go on living life the same anymore. Mm-hmm. So you had that experience, but what was it at that retreat that really did it for you? Was there a moment or Yeah. The there was a moment here which was part of this long longer story that okay. I was going to say here. Uh, I was they were the way the structure of the seminar was going was mm-hmm. they were had a Friday and a Saturday and then they were going to go the following Friday uh, a week later. Uh, it was when they were going to lay hands on for the baptism of the Holy Spirit okay. according to you. I couldn't make it because on um, the Sunday following the sat that, that following Sunday mm-hmm. I'm at a a, I played rugby when I was in college. Oh, right on! And so I'm at a I'm at a rugby party. Uh, here Where did you go to college? I, I went to K State. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. So, yeah, well, it's you know, getting, getting. We can talk okay. about that later. Here okay. too, so yeah, <laughs> um, I know because John's a big KU guy too. So yeah, right. No, no, he's not. Shout out to my brother who <laughs> do, who does the intro for the the show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a vocal performance major at K State. Yeah, oh, wonderful. Yeah. So anyway, we uh, there's always a game that's played, and we were playing flag football. Uh, which is there's no such thing as no touch um, right. uh, football and rugby for among rugby players. Well, I got uh, I broke my shoulder. You mm. got uh, here at that and was in at the hospital. Had a nice big old pin put in my shoulder, so I had to miss Friday. Okay. Uh, the when I got the following Wednesday was prayer meeting time. Okay. I walked to the pra- go into the prayer meeting. My whole family here. Mm-hmm. I had decided not to wear my sling, which was, was mm. which I thought was a stupid decision to do that. Uh, but I'm there, um, and I'm hurting immensely. Really? I'm here. It was just a lot of pain. When it came time, it was a prayer meeting. They always have come and people are going to be prayed over here, too. Sure. So they rushed me up there. They knew I hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they knew I was hurting here, too. So they yeah. prayed over me. And I got done, didn't feel a thing. There was mm-hmm. no emotional, there was no, no reaction, mm-hmm. physical reaction thing to it here. But I went at following that prayer for me. I went behind and stood behind the guy that was leading worship mm-hmm. for that here. And I was just singing with him yeah. along here. And then all of a sudden, um, I noticed I had my hands raised up hmm. uh, in the in the air, and there was no pain. The pain was just gone. Pain was gone. Hmm. Pain was gone. And in fact, the following weekend, I I played in a 12-event sporting event. No way. That, 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 yeah, so I there was, there was I would say, I'm not sure if it was, I couldn't say it was 100% healed, but it was pretty darn close. Is that a decathlon? Is that what that's called? Yeah, it was. It was uh, no decathlon's ten oh. here too, but this was just a twelve event thing, sporting okay, event sure. here too. So, but it included, you know, I played golf, played tennis, wow. played racquetball, you know, Jeez. swam, did you know? There was all kind. No pain. Ran. No pain. You had a pin put in your shoulder mm-hmm. the same week as same you're raising week. your raising your arms up, praising exactly. the Lord. Exactly right. And that following weekend, you compete in a twelve sport yep. thing. Yep. Having just okay. Mm-hmm. I love this. I love this. Come yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. It was great, and uh, which led me into being involved in, you know, began going to prayer meetings, began leading yeah. worship in prayer meetings, and then eventually um, uh, spoke at Life and Spirit seminars and oh, wow. those kind of things here too. So, yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Wonderful. Deacon John, what's your story of falling in love with Christ? Growing up in a non-religious household, kind of a broken home situation, I got in high school, senior year, and I was playing sports, and and sports was good. You know, I had it was going well. Football was great, but um, the coaches were really negative. Yeah, and it really was connecting me to like this isn't going to work long term. 
and I'm a senior and potentially I could go maybe to a junior college or something after this and, and play some ball. But what's going to happen after that? Yeah. So this is like a big question being asked. It's like the first time I'm pondering the future in this way. And in, in short, I got down to, I need something to help me for life. Cause I don't know how to adult. I don't know how to live life. Yeah. And I don't have people around me that can show me. So it came down to the military or try a church. And at that point it could be, it could have been a Muslim church. It could have been anything. Sure. So I, I, I just looked some things up and I thought I'll start with Christianity because it doesn't come with a six week boot camp and mm-hmm. a commitment of that nature. <laughs> so I, I could get out of this a little easier than the military thing, but right. basically looking for a structure as it turns out, I needed something because um, I didn't have one and I knew that. Yeah. So one morning I woke up and I got in my mom's car in Lawrence, Kansas, and I just followed a church bus to a church. And that's that's where it began in Lawrence, Kansas, six in Wakarusa at uh, Mustard Seed. No way. Yep. Come on. I just followed the bus. It happened to pull up next to me. I had nowhere to go. I was just giving it a shot. I drive by there every day. It's It's where it began because I drove there. And I, I just walked in and looked obviously out of place, didn't know what I was doing. And a pastor immediately comes up and is, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't know how I'm doing. You tell me. Yeah. And we we had a conversation and he gave me a, a tape on baptism. So I'll show my age there. But he gave me a tape, said, if you like what this says, why don't you come back tonight? And it was a tape on baptism, went home. It promised new life, a new start, things that um, I didn't have and I really wanted, hmm. even though I didn't exactly know what they were. Yeah. It sounded really good. Mm. So I came back that night with a change of clothes and was totally dunked, immersed, baptism. Let's go. And come out of that. And it, and I tell you, I, without formation, without discipleship, without all the things that us Catholics tend to have, you know, you have the period of RCIA or whatever, yeah. you know, without any of that, there was just this, um, this huge peace and this feeling that I'd never felt before. Mm. And so that was really the start of it. It was a charismatic church. Mm. I mean, they were very open. People were all over the place in the spirit. Mm. And, um, but you know, as, as, as crazy as it would seem to walk in, especially, you know, Mm. as a Catholic now you walk in and people rocking out the whole band going, people were like drunk in the Holy spirit. They were, they were being slain in the spirit. Sure. Uh, I just remember I'd go and just sit in complete peace. Mm. I mean, I felt a rest Mm. that I didn't have anywhere else. Yeah. So I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, but without that discipleship, without that uh, mentorship, right? without walking with anyone, just being told, read the New Testament and do what the Spirit tells you, were my instructions, right? Pretty loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, how the heck do you do that? Right. Mm-hmm. So It's a great point. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have this feeling, I have this sense. I'm like, this is good. This is where I should be, but I don't know what to do with it. Okay. Fell away from that in, in due time because um, I just didn't know. I didn't know I didn't connect with anyone. I didn't sure. really, I didn't even know how to connect with the community. I didn't know what that meant. And so I fell away from that. Life happens. Four years later, life's crashing again. A friend says, you should come back to church. Go to a church in Olathe and respond to an altar call. Yeah. Rededicate my life, whole thing. And, but, you know, I was working most weekends. I could go to church maybe once a month type mm. of thing. So it wasn't there enough to say like, yes, I was a non-denom. I was kind of a, sure. a fake non-denom. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't posing. I literally had to work, but I just didn't have any better ideas 
but I was getting there and I met this woman during this time and she was amazing. She's my wife now, but I was talking to her about it. Like, man, this is just really emotional and I'm not sure that this is what God would do. She said, well, I don't know what you think, but maybe you'd like to come to mass with me. I said, well, what, what the heck is mass? So you met Tessa, right? Tessa is your name. That's right. How did you meet her exactly? Through uh, my sister-in-law and brother. Okay. They were, they were staying with me at my house at the time. I had this little house in KCK and, and they were transitioning to another one. And so they, my sister-in-law and Tessa were in class together. Okay. And I had told them not to try to set me up. Gotcha. But they brought her over to study one night and it yeah. just magic happened. And here we are. Lightning so, struck and here we are. Here yeah. we are. So thanks be to God for that. Uh, I'm glad they didn't listen. That's awesome. Because <laughs> it worked out right. really well because yeah. Tessa is the one who invited me to mass. Okay. Uh, albeit a stewardship Sunday mass was oh, the first one. Oh, no. So no, no fellowship. Brutal. No music and no preaching for uh, Protestant for his, you know, that's strike one, two, and three. It, it was a it was a rough one, and she knew it, and she said, just give me one more. Give me, come back next week. Yeah. So I did. I mean, I was, I was, I didn't have any better ideas, right? So I'm searching, and, and I'm, we're in a good relationship, I thought. And I went back next week, and it, it was it was a good mass. Um, enjoyed it. Said, oh, I'll come back. It's fine. It's fine. And, and it was within a couple masses that I was looking at the tabernacle candle, which I wouldn't have known that was called that. And in, in an instant, in a, just a, a grace-filled moment, uh, I just had this vision, this image of being on a hill looking over like an old, you might think old Jewish village, Old Testament mm. stuff, which was really relevant because in the Protestant churches I was in, they did nothing with the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It was New Testament only. And I was really wanting a church that could make the whole Bible come to life. Mm. Like I knew that I hadn't expressed that to anyone, but I thought, how can we take away most of the Bible and say, no, we're only new Testament. So that was Mm. something inside. Yeah. And so in this vision, I see all the lights are off and suddenly they all come on. And Jesus says, this is my church. And now I'd met Jesus in my Protestant days. I, I knew I met Jesus. So for him to say, this is my church, that's all I needed. Yeah. And I've been going to mass since. Hmm. And, um, and so that meeting with Jesus there, unknown at that baptism, but known, I felt that directly told now in 2006. So this is from like 1999, first baptized 2006. Now I'm getting hmm. the grace of conversion ultimately is what this is. Right. And um, I was like, wow, I'm hooked. This is great. Yeah. It was shortly after that, I was looking at Tessa and, realize, oh my gosh, she knows about me and she still loves me. Hmm. What's wrong with her? And this is clearly (laughs) the love of God. (laughs) Clearly the love of God is shining through this woman to me. And, and so, um, so I'm like, yeah, we, we're going to get married. Yeah. Did you ask her yet at this point or? I knew at that point, but you know, no, it took me a little time after that, gotcha. but it was, it was a done deal at that point. Nice. Like I knew, I knew you got to start setting things up. I didn't know how to set that up. So I was right. like, you know, it's really a moment of being caught. Mm. I was just mm. caught in love. And I was like, what do you do with love? Mm-hmm. Cause this is like real love. This is, this is in the movie love. This is real love. Oh no. But, but it was the love of Christ shining through her. She, she really had this, this, it was this moment and I just knew. So fast forward to our wedding day. I'm still not Catholic. I'm in RCIA now mm. going to be Catholic. 
And it's this moment when Father Tony Lichtai had elevated the host at the consecration. He elevated the host, and I'm sitting there with my bride. She's beautiful. But this is the first time I recognized the Eucharist. Hmm. And I looked, and it's the first time I just felt a longing for that. I said, I, you know, I want that. I want him. Hmm. And I can't wait to receive him. And that's that's 2008. So that's the first time. No, 2007, December of 2007. And um, I just remember longing for the Eucharist in that moment. I thought it was very apropos being at our wedding. We're literally at a wedding. Mm-hmm. And so I have this beautiful bride, but I also have this beautiful Savior sitting right in front of me. Right. And just recognizing, like, I I get to have both. This is like a God of abundance. This is God's church. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Just being really excited in that moment, and that propelled me on, um, I would say, after I became Catholic, I was a little disenchanted. I, I couldn't find what I was hearing on Catholic radio, what mm-hmm. I was seeing on EWTN. I wanted the fire. It all started in a charismatic church. So I'm right. like, this is Jesus. We got to be excited about something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but not being in a, a place where that was like actually happening. Yeah. And just trying to figure it out and being told you're a convert. Of course, you're enthusiastic. Give it a few years. Mm. And um, so when I was a couple years later, I just, again, I'm not a gambling man, but we rolled the dice. And I just went to school for a theology degree. And the first class is reading the catechism, cover to cover. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Tessa, the church has thought of everything. This is amazing. Yeah. And just getting really excited about that um, and, and having this moment in adoration. When I was a new Catholic, I didn't know what adoration was. I had heard about it. So I went and I just tried it again, just giving it a shot. People are saying it's a good thing. And reading Exodus 3 and the story of Moses mm. and how he's being told to go back to Egypt. And he's like, oh, I don't know about that. God's like, no, I'm with you. Yeah. And in that adoration moment, just hearing the voice of God, like, God, people don't know about your church. This is mm. crazy. And him saying, you tell them, then you do it. And just receiving that very clear calling of saying, you do it. So in that time, um, just very tangible experiences, real experiences, hearing the voice of the Father was tremendous and beautiful and yeah. full of love, but also full of work. So yeah. you don't get to just sit and dream about this. I need you to be an instrument. And mm-hmm. and so those things all propel me. Like Mother St. Teresa of Calcutta, I thirst. Yeah. That's her big motto. That's what they have on their walls. And next you know, to every crucifix. Yep. I, I just when I when I look at that, I think I participate. I participate because this is what God's called me to do. Participate in the kingdom. Participate. And so I, I, I don't, you know, I don't have diaries. I don't have famous works. I just want to tell people about Jesus now because right. he himself told me about him and he was so merciful and loving in those moments. He even sent me this woman mm-hmm. who called me like this woman out of the Old Testament, right? Yeah. This great person who, um, she didn't have all the answers. She had the only one that mattered. It was Jesus in the Mass. It got me to the Eucharist. It's the most loving act. So how could I not? then want to tell people about that. Right. And how blessed am I to get to do that every day? That's so good. So you went to theology school. Where'd you go to school? Catholic Distance University. I was working at uh, juvenile detention at the time Mm. and crazy shift work. So going to a a school locally was just not possible. Yeah. It's going to have to be online. And and so that was, it it was great. It was beautiful, but it was also really hard because I had a full-time job and a a family, wife and kids. So 
Um, it's a good thing. That. It's a good thing. It's theology school. It's right. God, you called me to this. You got to help me through it. Yeah, so, exactly. So he did. Yeah. Cool. What's your lived relationship look like with Jesus today? Yeah, Jesus in the Eucharist. What's your lived relationship with the Lord look like today? Usually Mass every day is is the beginning of that here, uh, along with um, periodic um, stops with in the Eucharist here too to bless it and visit and, and pray there in front of here. But um, Jesus is, is who motivates me and drives me every day here too. Uh, to do what I do, to um, it is it is one that without I can't, I can't uh, um, be his witness. I can't be the person he designed me to be. Without him, I cannot reach forward to my the longing and goals that I desire that I have in my life of this transforming union with God mm. is that, that I want to have. It can't happen without having having a relationship with him you know, mm. first. Um, Yes, uh, in in the Eucharist, in the, in prayer, in the Mass, the liturgy of that here too. But it it has to still go beyond more than that here too. It, ha- it has to be in my lived silent prayer time mm-hmm. here too, allowing allowing the Lord to speak to me in a variety of different ways through the yeah. whether, whether it's through whether it's through the scriptures themselves, whether it's through um, meditating and praying with the Rosary here, mm-hmm. allowing Mary to lead me to Him, yeah. him, him here. Um, whether it's just some simple conversations with other individuals that I have either in my my small faith group that I have here mm-hmm. too or here or just even when I walk into the grocery store being able to begin to recognize um, Jesus yeah. and the individual that I'm encountering here um, because it, it's it's my um, it's my desire and one of the hopes that I have at least in my parish and I think sure. it's, it exists with within every every place uh, there is that my desire is that when any individual um, Walks in the front door of the office, or walks into the church, or or makes a phone call to somebody that's on our staff team here, um, or even encounters someone in the, at High V or whatever grocery store right. that you shop at here, that they will be so overwhelmed with the love of Jesus that they just encountered through that individual yeah. here that they want to have that. They want to have that more here, and I can't have that for my parish, my parishioners that I help lead in that here if that isn't li- done within myself. Mm. Um, so that's, that's, that's the, the, what I strive yeah. for and challenge for to, to, to live as Jesus has called me to do, to be able to share him with other people. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Mm. I think in terms of the Eucharist, I think it informs and enhances everything, especially in terms of presence. Mm. So mm. informs me, Jesus goes before us and always, and, and, and so many, so when he comes to us in the Eucharist, what does that mean? We should go to other people because Jesus is now in us. But Jesus is like the ultimate cheat code. If you're a gamer, you get these cheat codes. Mm-hmm. You can enhance above and beyond what you could normally do. And so we're having received the Eucharist. So being informed of the Eucharist, yes, all that stuff. This is the real presence. This is Jesus. This is what he does. He comes and he encounters people. He is present to people and he is with them. He never imposes, always proposes. Um, but then that, that ministry of just presence, I mean, the real presence, we say, is in the Eucharist, right? This real presence. But the Eucharist is also in us. So Jesus comes into us, and we assimilate to him because he's yeah. the greater reality. And and so I am in tabernacle for the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so are you good men, and, and everyone who receives Jesus in the Eucharist is called to be this. And, and so just being in that reality and being present to others— not being so humble that I think, oh, no one cares about me. No, Jesus is in you. 
and you can release that. Yeah. And so being aware of that, that the great I am is in you, but also seeing Jesus and others, the dignity of others, and just being that their presence matters and your presence matters, meaning there's no coincidence. We're not in a room in any given day by accident. Mm -hmm. And actually, because of the Eucharist, the real presence and all this, that creates like one big Jesus playground that every room, every place you go, it's like a discovery. Yeah. It's not just mundane and, and just, you know, oh, I accidentally fell in here. No, you're here on purpose. Mm -hmm. And there's opportunity everywhere. Yeah. And, and so it, it's made life just, I tell people I've, I've never been bored since I've been Catholic. It's one big just game of pursuit and just amazement because yeah. if you just open your eyes and pay attention and encounter those around you or just talk and, and just realize where you're at, I mean, you meet people and things come up and you're praying with people in different ways. You're yeah. talking to people. Conversations are now changed. That's all rooted in the Eucharist. Mm. It's rooted in Jesus who comes to us in the Eucharist that makes his dwelling in us mm -hmm. and then gives us the opportunity and the option to go live that reality outside the church yeah. and be on mission in that way. First, you know, if you have families, like I have a family, so at home, um, certainly. But, you know, it's fun to go home and pursue the kids. And I don't 100% do it well all the time. I'm not perfect by any means. Thank God for reconciliation. But just that that has enlivened and enhanced life overall, having a time without it and having a time with the Eucharist and being Eucharistic yeah. led. Uh, that's the perks of a convert. We see the difference, know the difference. Yeah. Mm. And so that elevation of life, but that's just fun of life, right? Like Jesus is really fun. His first miracle, changing water to wine. Fun. He was at a wedding. He had a blast. Yeah. And we should too. He kept the party going. He kept he the party honestly. going. It was so good. And so what are we supposed to do? Like informed by the Eucharist, the love of the Eucharist. Yeah. We need to go keep the Jesus party going. Yeah. It's a matter of love. It really is. Like, it's a love and joy party. I mean, you think about the Christian life. You, we can't, I mean, I, I was teaching on this last last week, actually. It's like, you can't really be Christian if you don't have this joy, and this joy rooted in love, this love of, it's just being caught up in this love, this romance with God. Like, he's continually romancing us, even if you've been Catholic for 45 years, 50 years, doesn't matter, or you're Catholic for 10 seconds, or you're just like thinking about this, it doesn't matter. It's like this, it's this continual romancing of us. The Lord is continually pursuing us. And once we come into agreement with that and accept his love and receive it, then the world completely changes, completely changes. And that's one thing is just accepting it, but also like the next level is actually receiving his physical incarnate love into ourselves through the Holy Eucharist then it's like just elevated even more. It's like exponentially, you know, your life to the second power is going to be awesome, but your life to the third power is going to be even more awesome. You know, and that's, that's kind of a very, you know, limited analogy, but you get the point. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and with marriage too, the thought of like, I've heard people say the day you love your wife or husband, the least is on the wedding day. Mm. And then as oh. you're longer, you're married, the more you're just in love. And 20 years later, you're not bored. You're actually deeper in love. You're more in love. And I think the same is true of the Eucharist and Jesus. Yeah. Just that continuous return to him. It's just a, a love story yeah. that just grows. And he's God of abundance. Yeah. This love story just keeps going much farther than we could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. We we evaluate so much of our life on this scarcity mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Money, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a scarce commodity. Um, even food, 
it's a commodity. It's scarce, right? It's I have to acquire it. You know, our time is limited. It is it is scarce. Or you know, you, you you fill in the blank, right? But God is so other and outside of scarcity. He is the God of abundance. There is always, always more with Christ. Yeah, always. You know, I don't know, Deacon John. I don't know if you had the experience uh, or have had the experience of distributing first communion here to or typically our second graders around here mm-hmm. in our diocese here. And um, I've had lots of those opportunities here. And it's so, it's so extraordinary. And, and those also the time that I have been able to preach at those mass, mm. those masses here. Um, I'm always, always sharing with the kids that, you know, here, you know, that, that expression that, um, that again, we refer back to mother Teresa, St. Uh, Teresa of Calcutta here, and she would have that plaque on her wall in the, in the vesting, sacristy um, for the priest it says remember a priest pray this mass as if it's your first mass as if it's your last mass if it's your only mass you too and so I I change that and share that with them about that receive this here as if it's your only yeah last and only what first time here but I but I'm sharing it and I'm saying and mom and dad <laughs> or anybody that's here receiving, it's the same for you. And so when they, when those communicants come and receive for the first time, you see that joy on their face. Mm-hmm. I need to see that. I like to see that on every person's face as they approach right. here to receive Eucharist. It has to have that same joy because they're encountering the same mystery yeah. as if it's their first, last, and only. Exactly. Only yeah. yeah. And same thing goes for whenever we read the the Word of God. You know, any part of the True. Bible, it's mm-hmm. like, um, I, I don't take it for granted. I, I do my best to, uh, every time I read the word, to read it as if it's the first and last time that I'll ever get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way it's always new. And I always take it as truly like this gold, this gold mine. Um, yeah, just the, the precious dimension of God, like his word revealed to us is so precious. Mm-hmm. Just like the Eucharist is so precious. Mm-hmm. So precious, us gentlemen in this room, we're kind of unique in so far as we share a a common thread, and that is Encounter Ministries here in KC. Encounter KC, mm-hmm. what is Encounter, and what has your involvement been with Encounter? Mm-hmm. So Encounters, learning uh, to live a supernatural life in the Holy Spirit, and it's it's been an amazing experience. It's been kind of a full circle experience for me because I started in a charismatic church, and then I had like this long time of figuring out where I should be and then encountering the church and what all that. And now um, I started, I'm a year two student with Encounter and and just going to the four day intensive, not this past summer, but the summer before the first one they had in our area. I knew after the first night, this is, this is it. This is bringing the book of Acts t- to life. This is where we're at as a church. This is what's needed in our time. Uh, this is, this is where Jesus is going to be taken where he should to yeah. everybody, to every heart. So that was my conviction at the four day intensive. And, you know, I, I've, after that, before class started, I had an experience of praying over my daughter's ankle that was discolored and slightly swollen. Let's and go. This thing literally after two weeks of going to a trainer, it's not getting better. We prayed over it. I prayed over her ankle and the thing deflated and returned to color in front of us. And she looks at me and goes, what the heck, dad? What did you do? I was like, honey, that's Jesus. I'm sorry. That's not me. I did, I, and we were just kind of jaws on the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's this is just give me some more of this. This is awesome. So Encounter has been really impactful uh, to me personally, but also to my family. And 
And now as a year two student, just seeing all the people, hearing all the stories, all the testimonies of just how this is impacting not only the people in the class, but also the families of the people in the class. And I'm hearing from the spouses and from the kids of, of their, their, their love at vacation Bible school this past summer. My son, Leo, shout out to Leo. He's four. Um, You're the man, Leo. Another little kid got <laughs> hurt or injured or something happened, and he literally said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Like, he's he's praying for this little kid. And my wife, Nora, and I were there, but the, the, VB, uh, the daycare person told us about it. And so this is the impact that I'm saying. This is just so natural. People are hungry for this, and right. it's actually happening. Like the name of Jesus is so powerful. And 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 so that's really, uh, Encounter has just been amazing in that way. My work in the classroom, students are so open to this and hungry hmm. to just have this encounter, um, pun intended, I guess, hey. to have this encounter with our Lord. And these are students from all backgrounds, right? not baptized, baptized, Catholic, cultural, Catholic, I mean, you name it, we have it. It's high school. We have everything. And, but to see them locked in and how it encounter has informed even my teaching has been really amazing and impactful in just creating those relationships and those opportunities for relationship to breaking down barriers and walls. Hmm. I think that otherwise were there or would be there. They're not there. And a lot of that I think is credit to encounter. It's really opened up a supernatural life, as it says, put us squarely in Acts, and you know, you think of Father John Ricardo, Acts twenty nine mm-hmm. apostolate, mm-hmm. get us living the the a life that's writing that next chapter of the Book of Acts, and like, you know, I started with I was looking for a structure, yeah. And Encounter has given us that structure and framework. It's like a rubrics, right? How do you how do you write Acts twenty nine? Well, here's a rubrics. Now go do it, and uh, it is actually happening, and it is fascinating and and beautiful to see to be a part of. And I just am really excited. So it's added a lot of joy, as you said, Lee. We we need to be joyful. Yeah. And it's added a lot of joy to my life and, and just confidence in the name of Jesus. Amen. Beautiful. Yeah. I'd say, can I just say ditto? No. Uh, <laughs> they're here too. But in a lot of many ways you hear I, I I could say they're here too, because it was it was also at that that original uh in summer intensives that we had two summers ago. Um that uh, what I had lived in my life, what I experienced in my life much earlier, many years earlier, with the, the charismatic renewal here, the life in the spirit, and the, what I was doing in, in prayer meetings here, and I'd been away from for so many time. It was something when I experienced that. I'm going, I, I need that back in my life here. Right. Re, you know, it was basically a restart. You know, here to for me to, uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to to move in such a profound way uh, in my life here. So it was, it, it was extraordinary here. Uh, but I, I would I just want to say one of the things the way it's impacted and, fa- and, and affected me it's in one specific way it's inf- it's infected my uh, or impacted and infected I guess you should say that right <laughs> here uh, my my preaching mm-hmm. here to here uh, an example of which I would like to share here um, so this is back on uh, February twelfth this year here too is the day of the Super Bowl nice I'm at math it's like Sunday I'm um, I'm going um, uh, I'm there early. Uh, for Mass, um, uh, our priest, uh, Father Travis, at the time here, uh, comes up to me and says, Stuart, I'm, uh, I'm, um, I'm not feeling very well. Would you, could you preach for me today? Of course, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't scheduled for that here too. <laughs> but just based on my, my, experience, my experience in the encounter and That's trusting great. in the Holy Spirit, I said, sure, I'll take care of that. Yes, um, is always the answer. Yeah, and so um, as we get down, uh, as it comes time for me preaching, 
um, here I come down. I come down. I always preach down on the floor, essentially here too. And and so I told everybody. I said uh, I started here giving them uh, making scriptural declarations. Hmm. The purpose for that here too is here. So you know, I began okay. Say I'm a son or daughter of God. You know, here too. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit, and so I release God's presence to those. I right. had them repeating each of the here. My prayers are powerful and effective here too. And I said the reason I'm asking you to do that now is that. Father Travis isn't feeling well. It's why I'm preaching here to you here. Would you help me pray for him mm. here too? And so, so we extended hands, you know, over over him, and I led them in prayer yeah. over top of him. And then that would have never happened, you know, here without uh, my experience going through the encounter ministry here. Nice. It leads me to going out because I, as I greet people uh, in front of church before mass, every every, every mass, um, periodically there's people walking up to here and they're telling me, I just say, hey, how you doing? Oh my gosh, my back is hurting or here too. Oh, they, really? And so, hmm, yeah, yeah. Man, would you mind, could I pray for you right now? <laughs> and so it's just been, right. uh, been extraordinary. Extraordinary. Yeah. So. yeah, praying with people, it's so funny because when I first asked people, I was like, can I pray with you? They're like, Hmm. You know, they just like I prefer not. Yeah. But it's the but now what I say is, can I pray with you? I promise. Five second prayer, easy peasy, done deal. And they're like, oh, who's who's gonna say no to a five second prayer? Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, this stuff sounds crazy until you see it happen in front of your face. When you see when you see somebody who had ACL surgery doing squats, mm-hmm. like you know ACL surgery two days ago, who's you know in level nine pain, and then all of a sudden they're doing squats right in front of you, in mm-hmm. front of the entire lunchroom. Um, that's pretty crazy. It's nuts. It's Jesus. She has to say, not only just see it once, but see it time and time again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the coincidence goes away. Mm-hmm. It's a one-off thing. Oh, okay, I'll give you one. Yeah. Her meds finally kicked in or something. Meds kicked mm-hmm. in. They, they could have got therapy, but right. when it happens time and time again, yeah, it's it's not. It's it's actually yeah convicting, beautiful, yeah. Mm-hmm. and real. That's the main thing. Yeah. It, an encounter, don't get me wrong, it's not just about physical healing. People uh, think that, oh, encounter is a healing ministry. And it's like, well, yeah, because healing is one of the things that we, we teach about. But healing is just one, you know, physical healing is just one of the eight quarters that we actually teach in the two-year curriculum. I'm actually a, an instructor for the Encounter KC team here in Kansas City, which is, honestly, it's kind of a misnomer because Encounter KC Yes, our class happens in Kansas City, but we have people coming from the Flint Hills. Like we have people coming to class every single week, every Monday night from six to nine, roughly, who are driving over two hours one way to get here. Mm-hmm. Come on. Amen. That's 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 insane. Like north, northwest of Topeka, people are coming. So I, I just that's love this. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, if... Encounter Ministries, if I had to sum it up, is teaching, equipping, and activating disciples to walk in the full supernatural lifestyle of Jesus. In your spheres of influence. Right. Here too, which is Peter, that because for, for many of us here, we're going, what do you mean? You're calling me to go out to... We're you telling know, you to go to Africa, you, folks. Exactly right, here too. And so no, that could be your call, but Could be, but yeah. it's not most likely not sure. here too. So um, so just being able to to minister, to to share God's love right. through that, here, the transforming power of God's love right. you know, here too, within just the people you encounter every single day. Like at all at the workplace around Absolutely. the water cooler yeah kids you know picking your kids up from sports mm-hmm. watching them play like anywhere that you go that's your sphere of influence mm-hmm. and nobody has your sphere of influence only you do that's so, right and i'd say the transformation is for yourself first yeah and then you share that transformation with others right so that it, it does go in your sphere of influence but that's probably the harder aspect is yeah is you first first yeah 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and some of the cores of encounter, especially the inner healing stuff, I think was a cause of great reflection, Yeah, but also great healing. Mm-hmm. And when that, that happens within yourself, it just releases a joy and a happiness that becomes contagious and people actually find you yeah. more than you find people. Yeah. So I, I always say it's like being with encounters, doing half the work and getting twice the production. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's doing the heavy lifting. Mm. Yeah. I just, I can't recommend it enough. Um, why do I do it? Because it's fun, sure, but I do it because I've been I've been rocked myself, mm. been absolutely rocked. So, yeah, encounter Casey, look it up. We'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, what advice would you give to anybody who's on the fence with respect to the Eucharist? Get off, get off, the <laughs> get fence. off the fence, get off there the fence. <laughs> Just get on off. Yeah. No, I'd say I'd say look it up, go deep wherever you need to go. You're an intellectual, mm. a great study. If uh, more of an experienced person, we'll talk. Talk to people mm. and, and find out their stories and just note the uh, change in their life of being a Eucharistic Christian. Mm. So Jesus has been put to the test an, an awful lot over a lot of years. And and so you don't have to take our mm. two cents about it. You can say whatever. You're a Catholic, couple of Catholic deacons, of course. Of course Classic. you're going to be in the sure. Eucharist. Yeah. You would hope we are. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, it's not just us. I mean, we're led to our current point in life because of the Eucharist and so are so many others and so many great saints over a very long period of time. And so no matter who you are, where you're at, you're an intellectual, you're, you're this, you're that, whatever you want to say you are, mm. just start from that point. Okay. That's who you are. That's who you say you are. Well, I would just challenge you to start from your point and just dive in, just, right. just give it a shot. That's ultimately, I, I said I was a gambler. I rolled the dice on Jesus and I followed a bus to and, a church and here I am. But, um, I've always, Jesus will always respond. Mm. If if you go in pursuit of him, you'll actually discover he's been pursuing you way more than you're pursuing mm. him. Yeah. And that's going to lead you to the Eucharist, just like the road to Emmaus. You're going to have your own road to Emmaus and you're going to discover Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, uh, I don't know if you, you know the, or, or your audience would hear, uh, know of the, the poem, The Hound of Heaven. By uh, Francis, I think it's Francis Thompson, Thompson or Thomas. I can't remember the last. I'll name. take your word for it. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know, know it here, but it, the Hound of Heaven. And the, the 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 premise of the poem is that um, the Hound of Heaven is Jesus here, and we are trying to hide everywhere. Mm. And how can you hide? He's always pursuing you. So, to your to your point here, to you, he's always in pursuit of us here too. And so, one only 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 one addition would I recommendation. And this this is might be a little bit of a challenge for folks, uh, is that you know they don't understand who who the Eucharist is or why is it I should receive it. I would challenge them here. Just go into any adoration chapel mm. that you'd have. You're not receiving him, you need to, but you're going to, in in the way that we receive it at, at communion at mass. But if you just come and sit in silence, and just allow Jesus to penetrate you, mm. to to be that hand of heaven that's pursuing you there here, just um, it will happen. Yeah, it will happen here too. That you'll 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 come to know him in a way that you that no other way can do it. Right. Do in some fashion here too, but I can't add any more than Deacon John did here too. What he did, mm. beautiful, crushed Christ. it. Yeah, yeah. If you are open, if you just open mm. yourself to the Lord, and you say, "Lord, this is your chance." Like, hey, mm. I don't know about this whole thing, but I'm open. Mm. And if this is you, tell me, show me, move, do something, because He always will. Mm. He always will. Always. Yep. You know, in this journey, this Christian journey, I've been on. 
um, been trying to figure out just how to love people more. Mm. And even with my family, my wife and kids, how do I love them? And being aware that I can only imperfectly love them, that I'm just broken, mm. right? And I'm, I'm not perfect. But it's in the Eucharist that I have so much hope because Jesus can perfectly love them. And getting them to Jesus is getting them the true love, which is a great mission. But yeah. in the Eucharist, the great hope is, uh, and the great reality is that every time I receive that Eucharist faithfully, mm. I'm growing in love and I'm growing in my capacity to not only love them, but to love others, the yeah. na neighbor as myself. And nothing else in this world can do that. Mm. And everything in the world points to the Eucharist. All the goods that are true goods or false goods, the perceived things that we think this is it, this is going to be the one, this is going to get me to where I need to be, the self-help right. books, whatever all point to the Eucharist, which is the ultimate good and our hope that, and our reality that the more I receive Jesus faithfully and come here, he's just lifting me up and I'm just going to get better at loving everybody. This yeah. is the answer to everything. Yeah. And that is, that is, um, I could sit for hours and just think about that. So Amen. that would be my two cents. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Well, thanks for tuning in today, dear listener. I pray that this episode has blessed you. If it has, please share it with your friends and family. Share it with those in your spheres of influence. And yeah, feel free to throw this along to anybody who might be on the fence so that it knocks them off the fence. And uh, yeah, just thanks again for everybody out there who's left a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're actually helping us get the word out about Jesus because when people are searching for things pertaining to faith, when you leave a review, the higher reviewed, higher uh, rated things pop up higher on search results. So Thanks for helping us do that. Deacons, do you want to you want to send us out with a blessing? Yeah. A co-blessing? A co-blessing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's uh let's do it. Okay. Okay. Uh good and glorious Father, we just thank you for this time. I ask you to bless this, bless Lee and all the listeners. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us. May the Lord be with you all. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Right. This has been New Manna. We'll see you next week. God bless you.